Hi, everybody. John Harris from The Public John. We're starting our podcast up again, as you know. And I have a very special guest tonight, Regina Weinmiller, who will be uh, playing in a uh, show here in Topeka, Kansas area uh, in a couple of weeks. And we're going to go into discussing that and her comedy background in just a minute. Before we do, I do want to thank uh, our sponsor, uh, Vineland Realty Corporation in Vineland, New Jersey. Uh, my pal Dennis and Graldi's over there. And if you have any uh, real estate needs, whether it's business, personal, you want to buy a place, you want to rent a place, you want to sell a place, uh, Dennis and the crew at Vineland Realty Corporation, 634 East Landis Avenue will be able to help you. And if they can't help you, they will find resources for you that can. I'll give you their phone number there. It's 856-690-9482 or pop in the office at 634 East Landis Avenue and tell them you heard about them from the public, John. Tell Dennis, tell uh, his girl Friday, Helen, and the rest of the crew, we said hello, and um, they'll be able to help you. So uh, give them a shot. That's Vineland Realty Corporation, 634 East Landis Avenue, 856-690-9482. Uh, before we uh, go on, you guys that watch normally know that my uh, executive producer, Gizmo, uh, uh, normally runs the show and directs it and makes sure that I stay on cues. Uh Probably going to be uh, hopefully as tight as then, but uh, Gizmo is no longer with us, as a lot of you know. Uh, he has moved on to the big production company uh, in the sky, and uh, we're, I'm sure he's running stuff up there like he did down here. So we will uh, run across him soon someday. But in the meanwhile, meantime, we're going to try and do him proud here. And uh, our first guest since then, I'm proud to have on here, Regina Weinmiller. Hi, Regina. How are you? Hi, John. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm glad you're on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Regina will be playing at uh, uh, the Foundry, the event center for Top City Comedy on Thursday, August 17th. Uh, check out Top City Comedy on their Facebook page and you'll be able to get more information about the show. But I'm excited to talk to Regina. Found out we have a couple mutual friends in the comedy world as well. Um but Regina, how long have you been doing comedy? Well, I have always wanted to do it. I'd say I started actually writing comedy of around 2018, 2019, and just kind of trying it out for family and friends. Okay. Well, by the time I actually got uh, the courage to get on an open mic for comedy, it was March of 2020. <laughs> so talk about oh, timing <laughs> it's almost like d-day in it at least you got yeah. on stage in march that that it, it was the probably same. pushing the button it was actually the very same week that we had the shutdown <laughs> oh i was just that's when i moved out here i think we talked a little bit off camera but yeah that's right about i moved out here in february and yeah in march it was done. It was like, uh, <laughs> uh, great. I mean, I didn't move out here for comedy, but if I was thinking about doing it, nope. Right. <laughs> Not for a while, <laughs> big boy. So, uh, so, so where did you start? Was it uh, in Topeka? Uh, actually, I there were a couple of open mics just right around me, one here in my hometown that nobody really came to <laughs> and, but i i got up and did it anyway that's probably that, the best that's, scenario that's key. now where's that at it was it was a one-off and they don't do it anymore it's just a restaurant it, it was like a huge stage and a 
a ginormous room and me on Nobody. stage and my two sisters in the audience ah. and and then and then <laughs> oh and yeah then, and then we had a, a big party walk in right before it went on and i was like okay um but yeah i did that and then joplin missouri was my first okay. real official that same weekend um okay. at blackthorn pizza okay now are you from missouri no i'm from kansas but we are right there on the line okay so i could you know stones throw Just jump across either side yeah yeah that's good and we talked you've done happy bassett as well as i have in topeka yes i've gotten to do that open mic once and that was a lot of fun uh at the happy bassett mm -hmm. and that's a hit or miss crowd wise sometimes as far as numbers are concerned it's usually a pretty fun crowd but it, you can have you know just a few people or you can have a pretty nice house uh, and they've opened it up probably a little bit since you've been there as far as the room it's it's bigger now but uh, as far as holding people but uh, yeah that place is a lot of fun too and and that's for top city comedy who you're going to be doing the show for um that uh, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun have you uh done anything besides the open mic for uh, top city anywhere uh for not for top city this will actually be my first book show with them okay i'm really glad to have the opportunity uh have you done other book shows yeah yes um oh. uh, i've done various uh book shows some of them on zoom i've done um stand up new york and okay. That was uh that was fun. I mean, it, it was a bringer, of course, because it's New oh, York. A lot of New York shows. Are yeah, there. I mean, you can't get on stage without bringing people. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody's either that or somebody's got to know you or have mm -hmm. seen you and said, okay, come on up. But even then, you're still supposed to help publicize it, even if it's not an official bringer show. Yeah. Well, but really, if you're a comedian, you have to have people that want to see you or you're not getting on stage. So <laughs> they they want you to bring a following anyway, because especially comedy clubs, it's hard to do that uh, to exist if you can't mm -hmm. figure out a way to get people in the door. Um, right. You know, first time at Dangerfields had to bring people. Of course, Dangerfields is is closed now, too. Um, Broadway. I got lucky because they had seen me at Dangerfields. Mm -hmm. So I got lucky and I, and I got a few spots at Dangerfields and Broadway, but only because I had a good night that very first night. So that, that fell into luck there. Um, but if I you got to do the small room, room at, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I got to do the small room at Broadway comedy club a couple of times. Okay. So. Yeah. That's I know they have a, a big room in the basement. Mm-hmm. It's about 200 did that room. They have a smaller room and then they have the main room upstairs. Uh, and I've got to do both of those. I never got to do the smaller room, but I've gotten to do the two bigger rooms. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it really is. And of course, Dangerfields could probably see about 100 if it was filled to capacity, I think, uh, at the time. But uh, of course, now, like we said, and I don't think it was closed because of the pandemic, but I think it sped up the closing. I mm. think they were closing the doors anyway. Um, but when they had to close for the pandemic, that sped it up by six months to a year, I think, which is a shame. It always had a packed house. 
uh, but ownership changed from the family to a private company. And then I think the private company was like, you know, we're done. The building needed some repairs and I don't think they wanted to put into it. So, but a lot of fun. Um, I, I, so you've been doing this since March of 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, who were your comedy influences? Well, growing up, I loved um, stand-up. I loved watching Seinfeld and Johnny Carson. And I would only watch it for the stand-ups. And then I okay. would go to bed or fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if the comic went over to Johnny's desk or they came out and they were the guest, I would watch them at, at his desk too. But you're right. Outside of the comedians, uh, I didn't pay anywhere near as much attention or mm. went to bed like you said because uh it just i i'm done i lost interest you know yeah <laughs> who did you like back at you i know you said you liked seinfeld uh who else ellen liked? degeneres oh. i grew up watching her ellen's stand-up was great at the time yeah oh, yeah, yeah. When she first started out her stand-up was terrific very opposite yeah. control and, um it was really good um and then uh, that whole time period, uh, if we're talking about the same time period, late 70s into the 80s, stand-up was huge. Um, and it was really taken off, especially like in New York, Boston, those kinds of places. Uh, it was really big. Uh, and of course, some of those folks went out to L.A. as well. But, uh, you know, it, it was really big back then. And if you got on Johnny Carson, that was it. That was. Yeah. Especially awesome. if you did one of these. Come on over. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> and you knew you made it. He he thought you were funny enough to come sit on the couch with him. And you never knew ahead of time that I've watched and listened to a couple interviews from comics. And they said you were hoping, but you didn't know. They never said to you, you know, come on over and have a seat. You're going to go over and sit with Johnny afterwards. You didn't know. So if he liked you supposedly if he liked you he gave you one of these mm -hmm. if he thought you were great he waved you over to the couch uh mostly mm. that was the criteria but yeah you're right carson it was great just watching the comics on carson um did you ever watch rodney dangerfield on there yeah yeah sometimes yeah i get no respect <laughs> yeah. yeah i watched him growing up i mean there i know from my generation when i was watching comedy was more like the 90s but right okay um, yeah, yeah. so comics i liked all the old i liked a lot of the old school people yeah yeah i mean you had carlin still back then was getting started in the uh 80s and early now well he really started in the 70s but 80s is when he kicked it in and in early 90s uh, Richard Pryor of course and mm -hmm. all those folks um but yeah uh there, there were some great comics back then uh who's your favorite now do you have favorites now yeah can I tell you more than one <laughs> tell me as I, many as you want and if you want okay. to tell me why that'd be great too yeah um well Jim Gaffigan is always a favorite for me I love Nate Bargatze he's really funny um yeah. He's got this style that's kind of deadpan, but he's so genuine yeah. and fairly clean. Um, I like Hannah Gadsby. I've seen her. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. And she's just got an amazing life story. If yeah, her I've, whole life story is, and 
You yeah, can see she gets material from it. That's for sure. I, my goodness, she's amazing. And I read her autobiography. And um, and I also really, really like Tig Notaro. Yes. Um, so more of a storytelling comedian kind of style. One liner, boom, 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 which I like those too. But you're right, this, the storytelling. Um, I mean, especially if you have a good story and you have a good take on it and you can see why the story is going to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, and you i think a lot of I, you didn't ask me this question but <laughs> well, you have to I, say anything you want it doesn't matter i think a lot of people think that comedy is just oh i could get up and tell a funny story but it's not because you have to build in your punches mm -hmm. and it's not just a funny story because you'll get up and bomb if you think right. i can just get up and talk about the one time that this happened to me but you have to get it tight and you have to get those punches in there, even if you're keeping this most of your content right? and build it in. So now, if you're telling a story. Um, I know I, I have to be careful. If you're telling a story, sometimes the things, the details that you think are funny as well, aren't really funny to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> get to the end. You kind of have to edit and keep it as short as you can. And like you said, Make sure you throw a couple of jokes in there in the story as well that relate to it so that you keep your audience interested. Otherwise, exactly. they're going to sit there. It could be a really funny story, but in the end, if they're not interested, it's not going to be seen as funny. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right, we, we got that. Now, when was the worst uh, experience that you've had in comedy. I should say in comedy. <laughs> I've had some bad things I'm never going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> we all well, have. I should say your see. worst <laughs> if you remember. Well, I, I kind of had to learn my lesson on this one too. Um, I'll tell you what the lesson was um, first. Is that make sure, especially you have a host who's not experienced or is not a comedy host, make sure you give them an intro of some sort to read about you. Mm -hmm. Because this, um, I won't say too many details, but um, I was invited to do a show and uh, it wasn't, wasn't a paid event, but that's a lot aren't. But this person had known me a long time ago and we hadn't spoken in maybe 15 years. Okay. And apparently she had some misconceptions about me. And instead of um, just giving me a nice intro, like she's really funny, here she is. And then my name, she started going into all these things that she thought I had done. And I was like, first of all, that's the weirdest intro I've ever had. And second of all, um, none of that was true. She's. <laughs> <laughs> And then, I, and then you have to overcome that. Like it wasn't com yeah. comedy show. I was the only comedian. It was a somber event, yeah. and it was really hard to get the audience back oh, after yeah. that. It is. It, that. And it's tough. I had something similar happen at Dangerfields of all things, and the host and I. By then, I'd played it four or five times, uh, and I was all set to do a new bit, which I still did. But the host introduced me which he knew me like i said we're kind of friends and he's like um 
here's a friend of mine, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, uh, he's a retired police officer. And I'm like, and you could just hear a pin drop. Mm. I mean, I'm in New York, <laughs> <laughs> New York City, Manhattan, that, you know, oh, you know, everybody's now paranoid. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. why did you do this to me, Dave? And I know he was trying to be nice, but I'm like, I got to get this room back within two sentences or I'm not going to get a laugh at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I'm thinking this when he finishes up, and I'm like, "You killed me!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't realize it, and I guess somebody told him when he got off, you know, that, "Oh man, you just killed," you know, like you killed Johnny. And the only thing I could think of is, "Look, I'm retired." That's the key word he said there. <laughs> so I don't care what you got on you or what you do. I missed out on 25 years of the good stuff. After I'm done, you want to meet outside? We're okay. Other than that, I don't care, folks. Have at it. Have a good time. Knock your socks off. <laughs> and everybody was like, it was like, okay, I got him back and was able to go into a joke then uh, and transition. And let me tell you why. And then went into something that, but I got off stage and he popped. But you're right. It was the weirdest introduction. <laughs> Reaction was like, oh. And you almost want the host to say, even if it's not true, which in most cases it's not, here's a really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You hear that at comedy from a host. It's not true. <laughs> and you want to tell the people, uh, I never met him before. <laughs> I, know her. So I, I really don't. Seems like a nice lady, but you know, <laughs> I don't know her. You know. Uh-huh. It was a close personal friend of mine. And I was like, oh, really? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, what's my Zodiac sign? <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It's it's really strange. And that introduction can set the tone. Either how do you recover from it or what is the audience like? Mm-hmm. Now, do you watch an audience before you go on? Like watch other comics and see how the audience reacts? Yes, I do. Although I typically still have, there might be a few things I would take out if I'm thinking, I don't think this audience will jive with that joke. Right. But for the most part, I have it kind of decided before I go in Yeah. what I'm going to talk about, what jokes I want to tell. And I'll just change it up maybe a little bit, but it kind of throws me off if I'm like, oh, I've got to Oh, these guys are, oh, my God, I can't do that. And I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, Stress on that. You're in trouble. Um, Yeah. So I just do take my best stuff and do my best. And and then once in a while, if I think it's not, it doesn't look like a crowd that has a lot of younger parents, you know, then I might change it up to different material a little, you know, but or if I think my stuff that drives more with the older crowd, it would work better. I might switch out a couple of jokes, but mostly I kind of stick to yeah. what I know is best, you know. <laughs> Sometimes if it's a fundraiser, like I did one for Top City, probably at the same place you're going to, the Foundry, I think. They had one for cats, uh, to fix cats. Um, so I knew it'd probably be pretty good if I incorporated cats in there somehow. I don't have a cat. Yeah, but they asked me to do it. I was like, okay. Uh, but then I did, was able to incorporate something in there and they liked it, you know, and then I went into my regular stuff. But uh, sometimes you can do something like that. You're right. But other than that, you don't really want to change too much. Um, 
because if you do, you're going to throw yourself off and the audience will catch it too. They'll know that you're not really either. They'll think you're not prepared or you're just up there giving a script and going away. Mm -hmm. And uh, script comics, it's okay, but I've seen them get thrown off by an audience reaction. They have <laughs> nothing else prepared. Uh, mm -hmm. That's tough. So yeah, in your mindset, you got to have, you're right, you got to be able to to uh, adjust a little bit. Right. But it's always good to have that idea in your head what you want to talk about when you get up there. Mm -hmm. How about hecklers? Have you had them? Uh, thankfully, I haven't had very many. And I will, I've had a few, I'll tell you about one experience that but I would say um, it, it also kind of depends on your definition of a heckler, because I from Stephen Rosenfield, he says, you know, it's not just somebody being drunk and, and getting too excited about the show. It's actually somebody insulting you. Yeah. So thankfully, I haven't really had that. Um, but I have had people who kind of talk out a turn or they're just being too loud or they want to join in the show or, or they have an interjection. Yes. Like the one time that happened to me, I was um, I was doing a show and I was actually trying out a new bit in the middle of the show. Um, and I had a little joke uh, and a description of a mammogram and how painful that can be. Right. And this drunk guy in the back of the room, older gentleman, just yelled out, that's too much information. Okay. I was... Well, and really, I mean, it's absurd on mm. the one hand, because I have heard so many male comedians oh, talk God, about man. the most disgusting yeah. graphic things. But God forbid a woman get up and talk about a life saving screening, de you know, device yeah. Yeah. and trigger the old drunk guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, it's, At the time, I really wasn't expecting someone to heckle me over that joke. It's that, right? pretty mild. You yeah. know? Say, compared to other things I've heard. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't, at the time, I didn't, I didn't respond. I just moved on and kept going. So that's one strategy. Yeah. Just keep mm -hmm. going. If, if it's a one boom and you're just like, okay, I'm going to keep going, dude. You know, and then they don't keep interrupting you. You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if they, if, if he'd said anything else, or if I'd been a little quicker on my feet, I might've said, uh, tell me it's your first comedy show without yeah. telling me it's your first comedy show uh, or something like that. Leaving you know? your house for the first time ever tonight. Yeah. 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 So if I have a witty comeback, you know, real quick, I, I'll do that. Um, otherwise I'll just try to get them on, on my side, yep. let the first one go. And then, hit him on the next time as that was good advice given to me by Steve Rosenfield. <laughs> um, so, and then, um, and then the other thing, the only other thing is um, Tig Notaro, one of my favorite comedians, yeah. she gave everybody a free line to use. She said, you can use it. It's stock, whatever. If uh -huh. somebody's really heckling you and being insulting, you just say, now, I'm not for everybody, or I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and that usually just diffuses it because then people realize I'm I not trying to fight you. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, just, I can't get to them. They're not, they're, I'm not bothering them. So, yeah. It's like, why are you here then? I mean, if you really just want to only watch the people you like, go watch Netflix and stay right. home. Yeah. <laughs> Pick out your YouTube video clip that's your favorite and just, you know, exactly. Watch that. So, um, it's, it's heckling is, a. It, it you're right the drunken ones are if anything they're to talk you can't get into an argument or a discussion with a drunken heckler because you don't win it's like any time with a drunk you don't win right <laughs> as far as they're concerned they're always right and you just like you said just let it go if you can if it continues maybe say something like you said but other than that uh no there's nothing else you can do um I've taken different. Sorry. No, you're okay. I've taken different avenues. Sometimes I've went back. The ones that get me or the ones I can respond to are um, the ones that, like you said, involve themselves. They mm -hmm. want, they want to give the punchline or they think they know where the joke is going, uh, and usually it's not because they don't know me that well. So, <laughs> it's, uh, and uh, and I had that the very first night in Atlantic City. I mean, the very first night I ever was on stage, this guy was interrupting everybody, uh, not just me, every comic that went up. And I wasn't a comic. I wasn't even planning on going up. So I was definitely winging it when the mm -hmm. guy got to go up. And I'm like, I, not really. I'm here to watch the process. And maybe in a few weeks, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and he eventually got me to go up. But yeah, right in the front row is a heckler and he's involving everybody and uh, in himself and everybody's act, I should say, uh, and getting crude and graphic and bodily fluids type of stuff with some people and interrupting others and getting personal. And it was at the point where some of the comics walk, it was an open mic and some of them just walked off stage and said, Oh, I can't deal with this. And the guy who owned the club and is a comic, flat out you know he's talking to me you know because he's trying to pump me up and all that and he goes and i said is it me or and is this something they should be addressing and stay on stage and do it and you're only doing like five or six minutes you know um and he said no if they were getting paid he goes it'd be more than five minutes but if they were getting paid hecklers or not you got to stay on for that amount of time he said, professionalism says you stay on. He said, but it's an open mic, so these guys have to learn that. He says, and some of them will chat with afterwards and say, hey, listen, I know it's tough, but, and he was a very encouraging guy. Uh, so when the guy started on me, I was, I admit that mentally I was ready, but I didn't know what he was going to say or do. I still had to react to that, but I was at least in a mental frame of mind that I was ready and was able to give it back. Um but you're right. It's you just don't know if they get personal and on and on and on. Then you're right. You got to address it. It's it's you know the elephant in the room because then the rest of the audience is uh, is watching too. How are you going to react? Um, and if you don't address it, then you're going to lose them too. It's part of why I stay away from politics in in here. <laughs> stay away from it. You're going to lose. Good idea. <laughs> percentage of the audience. So I'm not right. yeah. talking about I, yeah. any politician, any side, anything that, you know, you're going to lose a percentage. Even if it's 90% agreeing with you, there's still 10% that's not going to be happy and 
are either going to leave or start heckling or make it miserable. And mm-hmm. I don't want to lose them. So I need every person possibly laughing I can get. So. Right. <laughs> um, what's the best night you've ever had? Um, I will say I believe the best night I ever had was when I got to go on at Stand Up New York. Okay. That nice. was so much fun. I had friends with me and um, it was, they said, we'll give you five minutes. And if you're doing well, you can go to seven minutes. And we'll tell you to stretch, right? And so I'm sitting there going, well, I know what I'm going to say. I know my five minute set. I know my seven minute set, but it has its flow, you know? And so it was a little nerve wracking, but it went well. It, I got a lot of laughs. They gave me compliments after I got off the stage. And so that was, I want to say, one of the best nights of my stand-up career. And isn't it strange? I'm the same way New York was the best night. And everybody's like, oh, New York's a meat grinder. They'll kill you. And I thought my New York shows were the best ones maybe I've ever done as far as reaction and uh, being accepted. They're great. Um, Oh, yeah. I love New York. You stay fairly clean in your in your act, don't you? I I've got a varying degree. I have some. I never get X-rated. Uh, right. No, not like that. Right. Like I may be PG thirteen ish, and I can go a little more adult, but I tend to stay in the PG thirteen range. Yeah. PG to PG thirteen range is where my comfort zone is. But yeah, yeah. that's good, and, and I think that works. It's mature enough, but it's not overly, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. graphic, you know. Um, so that, that's great. I, I I think I'm in that same area, basically. Uh, I will say language sometimes. I'll say a couple of words that, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't get into all the, uh, the other stuff that we discussed earlier, you know, the graphic yeah. I say, and nah, I don't get into all that. It doesn't make any right I, you know I, I don't know how long it's it's hard for me to say those things and if you're not genuine then an audience can tell so in my opinion if you're going to use a word especially like the f word or whatever right. for me i i rarely ever do but mm-hmm. if i were to do it it would be one and it would have to be the perfect punchline right that that's the only word that i would want to use there Mm-hmm. So it's not something I don't just throw around. I was going to say, I don't use it just to use it. Yeah. I mean, we know a lot of people, I'm sure you've seen them too, that do it just to use it. Mm-hmm. It cheapens it. I think that's yeah. that's uh, the low hanging fruit. And I know the audience is smarter than that. and They don't appreciate it. Right. That's my opinion. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I tend to agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I use it, but I don't plan on using it. And sometimes it could be a bit where it's called for, um, depending on the audience. And sometimes it's not. And I'll say the same material without using it. Mm-hmm. It's basically in the flow. But I don't plan on it, which is probably scary. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a bit where I got to go, well, I got to say this word right here. Right. That I don't have. Uh, just sometimes in the flow, I'll I'll drop a word or two. But mm-hmm. um but yeah, to me, it, it's more of a natural conversation. Yeah. You know, I'm having a conversation with the audience a little bit. It's one-sided, I hope. <laughs> and uh, 
hopefully everybody's laughing. Yeah. And I have some more personal material too. And I have some more, a little bit more adult themes on things, but I never get graphic and, and gross. Right. That's the key. Stuff. Graphic and gross. Just don't, don't do it for me, but that's me. Personally. I don't like it. Yeah. Personally, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm with you there. So top city comedy, August 17th. I believe it's at seven o'clock at the foundry event center in Topeka, Kansas. Um, Regina Weinmiller, it's great talking to you. Um, anything you want to let the audience know besides that? Are you playing anywhere else? Or, uh, Well, actually, I have a show that I'm producing here in Pittsburgh, Kansas right. on August 11th. And I'm super excited about it. If anyone is in the area close enough that you want to come, um, I can send you the details. But actually, comedian. And Jay Yoder is coming from Philadelphia area. Oh, nice. Doing that show with me. I'm I'm so excited about it. Um, so we're gonna do that. And, and then another comedian, Jay Patterson, is gonna be on with yep. us as yep. well. I've worked with Jay and actually had Jay host. I I was running an open yeah. mic with Amigo for a while and let her host one night. And uh, yeah. yeah, she's she's funny. And so Jay Yoder is actually um He's, he's done so many things. He's actually on the board teachers comedy tour right now. And he's opened for Michael Collier uh -huh. and he's just been all over the place. And I have a feeling he's going to be big one day. I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. He is funny. Um, all right. So it's in Pittsburgh, Kansas. When is that? You said that is August 11th 11? at 7 30 PM. And you can buy tickets on my website, uh, Regina W Comedy on Facebook. That's where I was going to go next is what is your social media outlets? Let everybody know. Yeah. Uh, so I have Regina W Comedy on Facebook and Instagram. And I've got some others that I haven't been as active. Uh, TikTok, I'm looking to expand and get into that a little more. Okay. And um, yeah, that's it for now. YouTube a little bit. Regina Weinmiller. Well, this is going to be on YouTube under the public John. This will be also on all. I have three Facebook pages. Oh my God. I can't keep up. Uh, iTunes, Google podcasts, and Spotify, the audio portions, obviously. And um, the video, like we said, will be on Facebook and be on YouTube. So um, because we want to uh, get some exposure for you folks and, uh, and for the show and for top city comedy. Again, that's uh, August 11th in Pittsburgh, Kansas, right? Go to yes. Regina W Comedy dot uh, uh, com. Is that what it is? Regina it's w. just on Com Facebook. So oh, I don't know the, the full. It'll be Facebook.com slash Regina W Comedy then is what it'll be. Uh, look Regina up on Facebook. Uh, her stuff will be there for her show. And then, uh, of course, August 17th with Top City, she'll be at the Foundry Event Center in Topeka, Kansas, coming up uh, that night as well at 7 o'clock. So uh, tickets will be available on Top City Comedy's Facebook page and their website as well. Uh, Regina, it's great to talk to you. Uh, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. Um, thank you. Like, like we said, this will be uh, all over the place probably by the end of the day. Um, and look forward to seeing you on the 17th in Topeka. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it, John. I can't wait. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. And you have a great night. You too. And, and whatever time somebody's watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me